Good morning. Good day. Good evening. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Wherever you're listening, in your house, in your car, wherever you are. Wherever you are in your car. You know your thing, Ben, that um, you, the radio presenters have a Christian, two Christian names, isn't it? Oh, well, like Tony Paul. It's true. It's true. And everywhere I go, the stuff that we say about hairdressers being called like scissors and stuff, that's true too. (laughs) Isn't life so predictable? (laughs) I think think hairdressers and radio DJs are. I mean, nobody ever (laughs) accused them of being great original thinkers, did they? But why are they sitting down and going, okay, right, instead of calling myself something catchy that people will remember, like Normski or something like that, why why am I calling myself Paul DJ Simon? <laughs> Is that you? Anyway, yeah. welcome to our podcast, DJ Ladyboy. <laughs> and a very good day to you. <laughs> what do we do here? We do a bit of true crime sometimes. Very occasionally. Um, and some of it's fake crime. Oh, no, no fake news around here. Sometimes we're funny, sometimes we suck. It's all true. Um, what are we talking about today, Victoria? Oh, hang on, you've got to introduce mm. yourself, haven't you? Tell me Hi. who you are. Who the fuck Hello. are you? Who, who the fuck am I? <laughs> I am. are you? Hold on, crisis. I'm Victoria Mitzi. I'm a journalist and a podcaster. Thanks to you guys. Love you. A mum, a Devon dweller, and a uh, fun time lady. Oh, God, are you a party girl? Oh, <laughs> I'm not. The party girls in this city I just couldn't keep up with. Aren't party girls, isn't that slang for sort of basically hookers who turn up to sort of showbiz parties, take drugs and then oh, get fucked? Is it? Well, I think so, you know. Um, I thought that was because I got uh, a bit of feedback off saying good time girl. I said it was a good time girl <laughs> and everyone was like, oh, you're making more money than we thought you were. <laughs> Although I'd be the world's shittest good time girl. I'd be like, don't feel like a good time, thanks. <laughs> I think in those sort of footballer exposés when some, you know, dolly bird has, you know, shagged a footballer and taken a couple of photos on our mobile phone and splashed it all over the papers, don't they usually call them party girls? Uh, didn't they used to, what were they called in the noughties? There was a, a, oh, it was a lad, what were they called? Ladette. Ladettes. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I think I don't think Ladettes were. They're all old and wrinkly and all over Radio Two these days. I thought Ladettes were kind of girls who were sort of into indie music and just drank as much as the blokes. Yeah, the drinking as much as the blokes is one of the criteria for being a Ladette. But the other one was like um, being quite. Can you see my face? I know that the tabloids Uh. used to. They they used to. um, as well as, well as um, party girls, they used to call them glamour girls. Oh, were they? They were people like uh, Sarah Cox and Zoe Ball. Oh, no, Sarah uh, Cox and Zoe Ball were ladettes. They weren't glamour girls. Yeah, ladettes. ladettes. Oh, yeah. Are you talking about glamorous ones? Well, I'm just saying... How, how have we gone down this rabbit hole? Well, you were saying that you were a party girl, and then I said, well, oh. that's what the tabloids used to refer to, basically, girls who go to parties, take drugs and get fucked. The and ones then we you were saying, oh, they used to be known as, as, good, ti- as, as good time girls and glamour girls. I can't keep up. That particular cohort. <laughs> I've also got a surprise for you. I can hardly wait. Tell but me first, your surprise. But first, should we go to the content? I haven't even introduced myself yet. Oh, yeah, sorry. I jumped but, right in But before in I do, I, wanna, I believe that somebody has enjoyed the reflective glory of a triumphant medal winning recently. 
That's right, my five-year-old. This is the only event that's more important than an Olympic medal. It, it is far more important, especially when you see I've actually not seen any Olympians which were as happy as my little girl last night. When we, like, not being a massive award-winning individual and my stomach turning every time I see someone on Twitter, another award winner, I thought, hang on, I think they've just called our name. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, hey, Missy! Am I allowed to say that on the podcast? Yeah, she, she's um, she's famous already. So um, she runs up. The other little girls are all like their perfect plats and stuff. And my daughter's like this kind of massive bouncy lot of golden curls, which are kind of, it's verging on Afro, actually. She ran up there and just claimed the stage a bit. I was like, <laughs> seriously, she made a full body star her with her arms in the up. air. But like fisted hands, like I've got this, everyone. The other little girls trotted off in their party dresses. She was still there, and sort of had to be told to, to leave the stage. the stage. Did they have to come in with a shepherd's crook, put it around her neck, and <laughs> yank her off the stage? <laughs> she definitely is my daughter. <laughs> but thank you for mentioning. I'm a very proud mother. I'm Ben Ando. I'm a former BBC News correspondent. When I say former. I mean. I le- what I left the BBC on December the twentieth, two thousand and nineteen, so I could finally just enjoy. Yeah, but a no one's had the where past Where I didn't have two. to go and do some oh, fucking yeah. shift like you know Boxing Day or Christmas Eve or whatever. So I mean, that's what. At least you got invited to the Christmas parties. If you're a freelancer, you wouldn't be. You'd be covering the that's Christmas true. parties. Yeah, but I mean, that was. I mean, you the, still the, get invited to the, the Christmas, Christmas parties. parties. Became shit. I mean, when I was at IMT, the world of This is racing these like little cars it was just cool and then the bbc ones were wonderful what were they tiny toy cars yeah they were like radio controllers fantastic fun everybody's totally sloshed and then the ITN, the BBC ones, when I joined in like the early noughties, they were really brilliant. One year they, they kind of hired the Royal Institute for British Architecture, which was amazing. And then they just all turned shit and it was like, oh, individual teams just going out and having a few wanky drinks in a wanky happens, bar or something. I mean, unless, oh, actually, I think unless I haven't been invited, which is quite likely, um, <laughs> the people just are going out in their own little cliques to bitch about everyone else in newsrooms. No, and it's a real shame. I think, it, I think it totally kills a sort of sense of, camaraderie and and unity in the organisation. Anyway, that's enough of my. But that's what you're shit. here for. That's enough of my about boring your... shit. If if about... a woman's a ladette, what are you? A lady lad. You're a news lady lad. <laughs> a lady lad. And that's what no. we wheel you out to talk um, about your previous. I want to hear this surprise you've got for me. I'm, I'm all agog with this surprise you've got. Okay. Me. Well, I thought it was a scam, right? But I, I'm being a bit disappointed. Oh, we're coming on to scammers. We oh we are. We're talking about lady <laughs> scammers, which is another of your favourites, isn't it? I love ben. a good scammer. Um, we've had an email. Let me find my right, correct email, which incidentally is you didn't let me finish podcast at gmail.com. Right. And it says Hi, I'm the founder of said organization. You are in the top 60 of the UK crime podcasts. Top 60? Yeah. That's not true, is it? That can't be true. I don't believe it. Uh, well. Who's listening? Stop fucking listening. I don't want to be in the top 60. It's a scam. What do they want? Money. I expect they want money. 
<laughs> Fuckers. No, I look Wait, for the where's the money spots, bit. Go and fuck yourselves. I, we're not in the top fucking 60. No way. Do you know what he says? He says, he just says, can you spread the word by mentioning our top 60 and us? Hang on, no, so he he's he wants us to spread the word mentioning his top 60. You're not no, us as part of the pod, I promise you. Congratulate you. Oh, hang on, it says as your website, you didn't let me finish, it's been selected as the top 60 yeah. UK crime You're a, podcast. You, I mean, honestly, talk about scam victim written all over you. I just wanted to give you a little bit. But Feedspot's famous, But they know what buttons it? to press, don't they? There's you hoping for webcam um, podcast glory, and they just press that little button, which is what you wanted to hear. Do I have to cut all of this out? No, I think it's fun. Oh. <laughs> you being taken for a sucker. <laughs> no, you can cut it out if you want to. I don't mind. If you, if you, if it makes where do I cut it out? Because I've been throwing forward to this massive surprise and he just pissed on my parade. <laughs> <laughs> you could cut out some of the nastier things I said. <laughs> no, those are the good Although bits. Although some might say they're the most entertaining bits. Oh, it. No, fuck. I, I tell you what. By all means, see if it's real. But I think it's probably. I mean, as far as I can see, I don't think it's a scam as such. It's just they're trying to generate. Yeah, well, I'm not. I'm not as big a dick as some of these people who click on things and enter their bank details, which we will soon encounter. But first, do they want to know your mother's maiden name? (laughs) Who are these idiots who go on Facebook? Who are these idiots who go onto Facebook and says, and it says something like, hey, you know, take this fun survey. What was the name of your first pet? What was your mother's maiden name? How did you grow up? What, what was your, your first name? details? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they might as well just say that. Um, anyway, right, so what, let's talk about, oh, this is a, this is a, okay, why is every single story you ever suggest is from Devon Live? Is that the only website you ever look for for news? You know, I'm obsessed with my, the county I live in and I love. <laughs> yeah. Is it local news for local people? It's because of their approach to news that I love. I think it's quite fitting for the podcast. Local, Headline... news, for, local news for local inbreds. Hey, for local losers. Top of, top of this. I mean, the, the story we're about to talk about is interesting, but I've just seen another one which oh. says groomer bribed schoolgirls with Big Macs and cigarettes. It's you. What are you doing in Devon? <laughs> you maintain they are lying and have not shown an iota of remorse is what the No, he's having said. a fantastic time with his underagers and Big Macs. Stephen Heather gave the 13 and 14-year-old lifts home from school but demanded something in return for his generosity. He asked to see their underwear and touched both on their breasts, both over and under their bras. He, he threw his phone down the toilet to destroy the evidence when he learned police were investigating. Jail for three years. Well, that's absolutely right. Yeah, too What a stupid right. idiot! Oh, yeah. the the feds are on to me. Splash. The, f- <laughs> well done. the 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 filth are on to me. Splash. <laughs> Flush. <laughs> anyway, you thrown a curveball. That wasn't planned. Yeah, sorry, was that wasn't planned. planned. Go, go it was actually really story. gory and hideous. Kara found guilty of killing Carol Hart, who was 77, in her own home. Tell us all about it. A thieving carer has been found guilty of murdering a frail client who caught him looting thousands of pounds from her bank account. Michael Robinson had been the main carer for bedbound 77-year-old widow Carol Hart until he was suspended three days before her killing because of the missing money. He returned to her home in... J.H. Taylor Drive in Northam three days later in the early hours of the morning and let himself in by the back door before attacking her in her bed. 
He was high on cocaine, which he'd bought with the stolen money, and launched a savage assault in which he punched her in the face, strangled her and kicked her in the face after dragging her to the ground. The savagery of the attack led directly to him being tracked down and convicted of the murder because he left a bloody fingerprint on the bed and his blood-soaked boot was found by police at a rubbish tip. Robinson started using Mrs Hart's bank card to withdraw cash after she gave it to him in November 2020 and he took out £5,650 over the next five weeks and only stopped when he was caught. What a bloody idiot. <laughs> I mean, of all the stupid criminals, I mean, leaving a, a fingerprint there in blood, leaving his blood-stained boot to be found... I mean, what, and doing it three days after he was suspended. I mean, you know, you've, I mean, this is a tragic story, and I've obviously we feel terribly sorry for the poor old lady who died. But, you know, the police are called, they look there, they think, hmm, who might have a motive to do this? Let's have a think. I mean, it can't have been long before their prime suspect revealed himself as the disgruntled former employee who was suspended for thieving. Exactly. Uh, listen to this. Police were able to pinpoint the time of the attack between 3 and 6 a.m. because there was so much blood at the murder scene that it shorted out the electricity, thus triggering an alert from her pendant alarm. Oh, that's revolting, isn't it? Great detail, but horrible. But, Awful. I mean, but, I mean, you know... Scene so of this, horror. This guy says. thieved this money from her. He gets caught. What is he thinking to go then and kill her? I mean, You're not you thinking if that? you're high, are you, really? You yeah. just kind of... Your brain's all fuddled. If you're off your fucking moron tits on cocaine. Please lower your IQ. His little tiny knot. No, poor the, old... The photo shows quite a tragic-looking man. I don't think he's probably... He does look like uh, Kel out of Kath and Kim, my favourite Australian <laughs> oh, let me sort of sitcom. <laughs> Google Kath and Kim and then find a photo of Kel. He's got the same sort of unfortunate brow. Let's have a look. Oh, he you put K-E-L. It's also the way that his facial expression is. Like, don't yeah. you always think... I always look at the mugshot and, like, oh. pour over it for a bit. Oh, everybody loves a mugshot. Yeah, because it's the moment when you imagine they're like, you're going down. <laughs> and not in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> Only you, Andy. <laughs> So she, she she finds her accounts thousands of pounds short and complains to the agency which employs him. He gets suspended, but he defied an order to stay away and goes round later that day to try to persuade her of his innocence. She sent him packing and said she wasn't scared of him, but he promised he would return. I mean, at that point, couldn't... I mean, I, I don't know what happened here. We don't have enough details. Do you think she alerted anybody? Did she either alert his employers or alert the police because that's the moment when he makes that threat to return surely that's the moment at which you know you you need to take seriously the fact that there is a danger here and, and tragically perhaps nobody did really take him that seriously well that's how sequences of events often unfold into the crimes that we cover isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. I'm just having a look <laughs> sorry I, I've just Have found you spotted what I, yeah it's good they found the blood stained boot which he'd thrown directly into the back of a refuse truck in one of two bin bags as it passed his home in Northam. So he'd previously been a bin man and was recognised by one of his old workmates who knew him by the nickname Chinny because of his prominent chin. He has got a big chin. Unbelievable. He's got a bigger chin than Jimmy Hill. 
But okay, let's take it back to the essence of the the crime. Like this man's it's it's petty theft, I'd say, and yeah. um, it's from an old lady. But also, how even if you are off, as you said so nicely, put it, you're off your tits. Yeah. How can you do that to an old lady? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. So, you know, this is the thing. So, he, yeah, petty, it is petty theft. Um, it's a couple of thousand pounds, three, I don't know how much it was, three, three or four thousand pounds, whatever. You know, he is going to get a sentence for that, but it'll be a relatively, you know, it won't be that disastrous. It won't, you know, it won't be effectively the end of his life, you know, so to speak. He is, yeah, 35 years old. He's 35, 35. years old. So he's, you know, that's, that's relative. Yeah. He's, well, it's young compared to us. Well, he looks a bit, well, he there looks was a bit once a time when that. 35 would have seemed incredibly old. Well, it still does to you, Ando. So, <laughs> but having said that, there is a there is a happy ending to this story, at least a happy middling to this story, mm. which is that um, on his first night in Exeter prison, um, <laughs> Robinson suffered a horrific attack by his cellmate. Um, Anthony Camara was so disgusted by Robinson's callous reaction to a report of the murder on the local news that he waited for him to go to sleep and then poured boiling water over his head and chest. Robinson suffered severe burns to 15% of his body and missed his first Crown Court appearance because he was still being treated in hospital. So Camara um, from Liverpool admitted causing grievous bodily harm with intent and was jailed this early this year for ten and a half years with a three-year extended license. You end up not doing very much time for pouring boiling water over someone's head. Well, seems. I mean, I think he's going to be sentenced um, later. Mm. Um, the, we all know that the standard, you know, the default um, sentence for murder is life imprisonment, but the judge can set a minimum tariff for how long the offender. Um, has to serve before they can apply for parole and to be released on a license. So although the sentence is lifelong, you can be released on a license uh, such that if you commit any other crime, you are immediately recalled to prison. Um, Now, that minimum tariff is likely to be higher if the judge finds that um, Robinson killed the old lady to silence her or to cover up his thefts, which I think is inevitable, isn't it? Mm -hmm. He'll be sentenced um, next week. Maybe we can revisit this and say what the mm. sentence is next time. Okay. All right. Well, that's uh, another disgusting scumbag. Yeah. On to scumbag number two. <laughs> I've just found a few more details on Robinson that I think I want to put in, if that's okay. Yes, I, th- I think I might know what you're alluding to. Go ahead. <laughs> so oh, when, 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 when Robinson gave evidence, so we've talked about how his DNA was found on her finger and the bloody fingerprint was found on the bed. He claimed when he was giving uh, evidence in his own defense that the DNA got on her finger when he cleaned her wedding ring and the bloody fingerprint on the bed when he changed a bandage on her toe. And he said that Mrs. Hart's DNA was still on his hands because he had not washed them at all between leaving her home on the Friday before the killing and the police taking forensic samples from him late on Monday night. She asked him, so the the, the, the prosecuting barrister asked him about not washing his hands. He said he never washed them after urinating and had not defecated at all in the three days between Friday and Monday. 
he's the constipated killer. Oh my god! <laughs> and he so... said he didn't change. I mean, he's a real. I mean, he's really char- a really charming man. Mm. He didn't change his clothes in that time, and he used Lynx spray so he didn't smell. Oh, that's a good top tip, isn't it? I love it. On top of a bit of murderous blood loss, uh, some <laughs> wee wee. And then a bit of wee wee on his fingers and a a filthy t-shirt that he hasn't changed for three days and he hasn't had a shower how stupid do you have to be how stupid do you have to be to go and murder someone and not even bother washing your hands I mean, what are you? I mean, forget COVID I mean, forget about COVID when you're supposed to wash your hands anyway Oh, I've just seen another headline, Ben. We're not going into any more. Listen, listen, listen. You've got to hear this one. Two injured. This is Devon Live again. Two injured in handmade axe attack in broad daylight. Handmade axe attack? Yeah. It's a caveman. It's a caveman. I make axe. I hit you overhead. (laughs) (laughs) No, the handmaids are the ones in the handmaid's tail, aren't they? Oh, under his eye. Under, under his... <laughs> I'm actually dressed a bit like a handmaid today. Can you see? <laughs> My daughter chose it. Oh, yeah, you are. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> I need a white bonnet. <laughs> you do, absolutely. Not to mention one of those, ma- yeah, one of those mask things and it rings through your lips to keep them so you can't talk. Mm. I, uh, oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Right, moving on. Moving rapidly on. Yeah. So, former Paralympian who superglued himself to a plane. Guess where he's from, everyone. Causing public <laughs> nuisance. Guess where he's from. James Brown from Exeter staged a <laughs> protest against flying at London Airport by gluing his right hand to the top of the aircraft. <laughs> Extinction Rebellion activist Brown, aged 56, and who is James ready- Brown. <laughs> James Brown, <laughs> who is the hardest working man in show business, Mr. Please Please himself, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. James Brown. Um. <laughs> the world's greatest entertainer, Mr. Please Please, sorry. Who are the biggest imbeciles, the people we cover, or us? He's gone. James Brown, who's registered blind, <laughs> so he's not going to be taking anybody onto the bridge. Take him onto the bridge. <laughs> no, Do you know what I never no thought, bridge. That, that song, right? You know, Sex Machine, where it says, take, yeah. take him to the bridge. Yeah, take him on the bridge. Take him to the bridge. Take him to the bridge. For years and years, I thought, what? Are they taking some guy to some fucking stupid bridge outside the town or something? I didn't realise it just was talking about the bridge of the song. <laughs> Did you think it was Radio Trent in Nottingham? I thought it was like, which bridge are they going to then? Hmm, maybe it's the Golden Gate Bridge. I have a fucking clue. What an idiot. <laughs> anyway, um, managed to scale I think you're not plane. down with the god... You're not the godfather of funk. You're just even the father of funk. <laughs> the godfather you? of soul. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. A postman of soul delivering first class love. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, so Extinction Rebellion activist James Brown, who's 56 and registered blind, managed to scale the plane on the morning of October the 10th, Impressive. 2019. Impressive. A stage, a, yeah, it's a stage of protest against flying at London City Airport. The double gold medalist from Exeter glued his right hand to the plane, which was destined for Amsterdam. Before which, that's why you've got this story, isn't it? Amsterdam. It's destination cloggy. Um, before <laughs> before wedging his mobile phone in the door to prevent it closing. Oh, so if he hadn't wedged his mobile phone in the door, they would have closed the, closed the door and just taken off with him glued <laughs> to the top of the plane. <laughs> oh! <laughs> you are clear for takeoff. 
<laughs> All the stone Pre-flight people at the check. airport Pre-flight, going, Pre-flight am I really check. watching Flaps. this? Flaps, yes. Rudder, yes. Engines on, yes. Bloke on the roof, yes. Off we go. <laughs> Northern yeah, Ironborn Brown yeah. represented Great Britain in cycling and athletics before going on to represent Ireland in cross-country. Saying, hey, how can you do that? How can it's you represent Great Britain one minute in Ireland the next? That seems a bit of a con. Oh, I see. Spent an hour on the aircraft before he was removed. The jury was told he caused disruption to more than 300 passengers, costing the airline £40,000. Brown, who represented himself, oh, don't they always, denied one count of causing a public nuisance, claiming he had to do something spectacular to draw attention to the climate crisis. Something spectacular. Hang on. He he defended himself, let's note. He was found guilty after the jury deliberated for less than an hour. Oh, that's not good, is it? When the jury goes out and literally comes back in within a couple of minutes. I mean, it was probably uh, less than an hour. That's probably the amount of time it took them to get out of the court, go and find their jury room, have a quick straw poll, and then come back into yeah, court. Literally to have a good pour the water out. Have a cup of tea and a piss, and then come back in. Hope they wash their hands. And oh yeah, to wash their hands <laughs> and to maybe go and defecate. Do you know what I like? That the godfather of Fung is yeah. is stuck to the plane, but they've given him a little blanket. <laughs> He's such a, a hardcore Extinction Rebellion campaigner yeah. that they gave it's him a the blanket. Humility blanket. That's mm. always weird, isn't it? Because people who do like terrible crimes and obviously get themselves stitched up ridiculously. I mean, yeah. aside from this as well, but this this is a good example. They may have like killed a few people, but then themselves they get nicely stitched up and looked after and human rights. It all sa- it's it's kind of crazy. I mean, is it I political correctness gone mad? Is it? Is it? Is it? My GB News fan. <laughs> oh, poor GB News. They've got even fewer listeners than they, uh, re- viewers than they had before. I think they should quit while they're behind. <laughs> right. Quit while they're behind. Oh, that's very good. I like that. Do you? Thank you. I do. I've I just like seen that. the uh, groomer who bribed schoolgirls with I'm Big Macs and cigarettes. I'm actually looking at this photo now of James He's Goldfather of Sol Brown on the roof of this plane. Are you loving it? <laughs> The pl- the plane has got YM written on the front of it. I wonder what that stands oh, for. Oh, listen, speaking of the verdict, Brown said he was gutted, adding... I'm gutted. But I guess this is the price you pay for taking a risk. I guess it could have gone the other way. Hang on, just because it... <laughs> just because he... Just, what, the plane could have gone the other way? It, just, <laughs> reverse! Yeah, reverse, reverse! <laughs> no, hang on, just because he lives in Exeter, it doesn't mean he talks like that, because he's actually from you Northern Ireland. You did the Ireland. Devon accent, oh yeah. No, he's from Northern Ireland. I can't Ireland. do a Northern be, Irish yeah. accent. I'm gutted, I'm gutted, so I am. Gutted? Gutted? I, I can't do it. Pay for taking a risk. <laughs> oh, I think his cause is worthy. I like the way he colour matches his shirt and jacket. Yeah, he does look quite nice. Mm. He had Brown a had of booked the. Hang on. Brown had booked the flight on the morning of the stunt and been offered assistance boarding due to his disability. He had a bottle of superglue in his luggage that had not been detected by security. And he's not afraid to use it. <laughs> <laughs> Was that terrible? <laughs> Apologies to all our Northern Irish listeners for that terrible interjection. I can throw Devon, I can bandy Devon around the place because yeah. I am a... Listen to this. He declined Jenna. an offer by a member of cabin staff to help him to his seat, telling her that he was going to climb onto the roof of the plane. So <laughs> didn't she say, oh, all right, that's fine. Off you go. Off you trot, Mr. Mr. Brown. Hold on, let me just have another hit on my spliff. <laughs> <laughs> right, next. Well, is it time to scam? Are we scamming? We love a scam around here. So, I mean... She's not from round here, though, is she? No, she's one? not. She's from North Yorkshire. 
God's wonderful country. For most of us, being notified that you were to receive your COVID-19 vaccination was a moment of relief. But for some, it was the start of an ordeal that's cost people all over the UK more than a third of a million pounds. Why is that, Ben? It's because scammers are telling people to go and fill in these um, <clears throat> COVID. So, so this is actually quite clever. So what she did was she was obviously so this is like i was saying to you before they, they they kind of tap into the thing that you want to happen it's no good trying to convince someone to do something they don't want to do if you're a decent scammer you'll convince someone to do something they do want to do so she was clearly keen to get her in her vaccination so she sees this invitation so immediately she's like oh yes i want this i want this so personal details were requested date of birth phone number email address and then her bank details and she said I got up to my pur I got up and went to my purse, got out my credit card. I looked at it and suddenly the penny dropped massively. Now she and she realized it was a scam and she didn't lose any money. But you know lots of people are the majority recorded having no outcome. And and the thing is what they're doing. So they will phone you up, they'll they'll send a text or an email claiming to be from the NHS these scammers. They'll ask for these personal details like name, address, date of birth, phone number and possibly mother's maiden name. And then even if you get suspicious or you you just hang up, they'll ring you again and they'll say, we're from your bank. We think, you know, you may have been scammed. Did you receive a call or text about a COVID-19? And you'll say, oh, yeah, I did. And they say, right, look, your account is under tag. Your money needs to be moved to a safe account that we'll set up for you. And, of course, they've got all the details from the previous call, so they can seemingly authenticate that they are who they say they are. And, of course, you will think, oh, someone's just tried to scam me, and here's the bank you know, trying to help me uh, out about this. Unfortunately, it's the scammers again. And this is where people, even, you know, quite, you know, intelligent people can fall victim because they can seem very plausible. But the simple fact is, A, if any money is removed from your account through a scam, the bank will refund you, especially if it's a scam that's down for the bank. And also, you just don't give out your credit, your, 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 your bank details to anybody. They, nobody will need to know that stuff. Have you ever fallen prey to a scammer? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, I've had loads of calls. I usually have a bit of fun with them. They'll ring up and I'll sort of say, oh, that sounds terrible. Oh, dear. And I'll sort of chat to them for a while. And then sort of, I'll get them to sort of, you know, basically keep going on and on just to waste their time so they can't scan somebody else. Is that basically. like my dad's approach with Jehovah's Witnesses? <laughs> We'd come home from school and they'd be in the living room. And I'd look at them thinking, they're not supposed to look bored. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do know some people who are quite, um, who are very savvy, who've been stitched up by scammers. They've been finance scams, um, not COVID scams. But it's really sad because you did, um, you talked to a lady about love scams, didn't you? Oh, yeah, this was a That's romance scam. That's what made scam. me think about, and also the way that you wrote that, because you had to write it up, I think. Oh, I she was a lovely remember. lady, actually. She was yeah, really nice. Yeah, and you were just like, she's such a nice lady. She and was, was a lovely like, woman, That's yeah. really impartial. But... but she was also a former, <laughs> I mean, I don't think she was a former police officer, but I think she was a former sort of police, you know, um, civilian worker if you like so you just thought she would be tuned in but she mm. got taken in by this guy who claimed to be a dutch businessman who was having trouble in nigeria and of course you know he she'd been sent this photo which was some random photo off the internet of a relatively good looking sort of like silver fox and so she had sort of you know decided that she you know she was having a sort of like 
you know, she she had to help this guy out. And of course it got more and more. And eventually I think she ended up sending him something like 20,000 pounds and remortgaging her house because he had mm. made all this stuff up about his daughter visiting him and having an accident and hospital bills were mounting up oh. and he couldn't access his own money because he had loads of goods in a warehouse, but it was being held by the, by customs and all this kind of stuff. I'm just noting down these details. And she fell for it. I mean, you know, and bless her, she fell for it, hook, line and stinker. And this must have been about, I don't know, I probably did that report about eight, nine, ten years ago, something like that. It was a a while ago now. Could you understand why she might have done it? Totally understand, yeah. I mean, you you know, she, I could completely understand because she's, you know, she was, she was a a lovely lady, but she was not in the first flush of youth. And she was on her own and she was looking for romance. And this guy, you know, was seemed very charming, seemed exactly what she was looking for. Again, it just comes down to the old, old story. If somebody is giving you what you think you want, your your defences tend to, to, to fall. You know, they tend to... They tend to to drop you know because you're this is you're somebody's offering you something that you want you want it to be true you want it to be real did she feel stupid oh she felt incredibly stupid i felt so sorry but she was incredibly brave to talk about it i mean let's face it she felt really stupid but she was prepared to be interviewed show her face on tv explaining what had happened because she wanted to help other people avoid this so it wasn't our primary motivation for featuring this was it it was like ho ho that's interesting and funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. No, I mean, it's, it is. No. I mean, you know, the scamming happens and people get scammed. It's a horrible, nasty kind of crime because it's just, you know, it's it's just sort of. I mean, there was one on Twitter actually. I read just um, just this morning about a, a woman who um, who did fall for it. The, her, her supposed bank phoned her up. And they just, she said, she, they just seemed so plausible, but they pressured her and she was sort of like not really, you know, she, she, she just didn't feel she had time to think. And before she knew it, she transferred all this money to this supposed safe account. Mm, I was, I, I'll actually talk to you after the podcast, Ben. Um, a relative's been taken ill um, in Libya. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh no! And, and are all your it's all your property and like um, being held by customs. It is, and um, and I've come across. I was doing a, an open university course, which needs paying off. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, I want to say because I think that's really a wrap. I've got a little nearly asleep little girl here. I think. Oh, sweet. Okay. She well, goes we can... into a decline. We've got to go and do gymnastics though, so she's got to wake oh, up. Oh, she's um, so sweet. Oh. oh dear. Oh dear, it's all the glory of the medalists who have come back to bite her. But it's hard work being a performer. I hope that thumb's not being sucked. Oh yes, you don't like that, do you? It does not It'll much distort you her do. jaw. I mean, the old, the old um, remedy that my mum had to go through of putting like uh, cardboard tubes around her arms is not one I think that. I want to do well if it's well. My daughter, my elder, my youngest daughter, sucked her thumb, and now if you put your finger in her mouth. She's got, you just push up because there's, there's no top, the roof of her mouth is massively pushed up because the thumb puts pressure on as they're growing. Yeah. And also, and, and also, um, she had to have a long course of braces to realign her jaw because the whole jaw gets forced back. But I, mean, I did it and I've, I've got near problems, Sonny. Okay, all right. Then, you know, I mean, I don't know. Just, I'm just telling you what, what happened in our case. So there you go. It's all right. As long as she doesn't sort fuck. of th- th- thumb, fuck her thumb. As long as she doesn't suck for too, too long. I mean, you know, maybe a little suck now is okay, but as long as she's not doing it all the time. No. 
No, it's only... And, and as they get older, they don't so much. I mean, the other thing is to give her a dummy because a dummy is only rubber and it won't cause the same problem. I tried. Spat out, like, um, you know... Uh, the she Simpsons. spat the dummy. I love your medal. Well done. I saw, this, I saw the medal ceremony, how you covered yourself in glory. Can you hear, Ben? She hasn't got... I've got the headphones on. Oh, of course. So. She can't hear me. Okay. No. Right, are we saying goodbye? Safer. We right, are so saying goodbye. I'd also like to say a massive shout out to all of you. And you know who you are, our regular listeners. We absolutely adore you. Even Ben knows who you are. Yeah, Guy, Ian, a few of the others are all good, aren't they? You're all lovely. And um, and we really enjoy your interactions. Um, a couple of new ones, which I'll talk to you about after, actually, Ben. But yeah, thank you. And you didn't let me finish podcast at gmail.com. And also, I think it's about time we get some content feedback. I quite like suggestions because I haven't ignored any of your suggestions for a while, but um, I miss them. So uh, let me know what you want, if there are any particular ones that tickle your fancy. Has anybody bought you a coffee? Oh, they did. Someone did, but I don't know who it is. Someone's bought you a coffee? Yeah. Jesus, okay, well. Not them. (laughs) It wasn't them. It wasn't me, that's for damn sure. It wasn't Jesus. Um, But I shall also catch up with you about that because we've got to go to gymnastics. All right, bye. (laughs) Bye. Bye-bye. See you in another bye week. Bye. 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 Bye.